So today we are going to be covering, well, I'm going to be covering a question that came through on one of the check-ins from this week. So that was your week six check-ins. And the question was this. Um, <laughs> big breath. <laughs> uh, how have you managed to balance your perspective slash fuck it attitude towards food without fluctuating in weight slash or exercise too much? So how have you managed to balance your perspective on basically going fuck it with food and without fluctuating in weight and using exercise to kind of restore harmony, I guess. Um, and it's a really, really great, great question. And to be honest, a few weeks ago, might be even months ago now, I did a relationship with food journey podcast. And I was thinking when I got to the end of that podcast, I don't think I expanded enough on like the how, the how I the how I live day to day now, because obviously I don't calorie track at all. And I don't restrict my food intake. I don't shame, bully myself. I don't diet. Um, obviously, yes, I'm pregnant right now, but I don't feel any compulsion to diet. I need to check that that's a word because I say compulsion all the time. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> but anyway, um, and when this question cropped up, I was like, do you know what? I think I need to do my relationship with food journey part two. Um, so I might call this that. But anyway. I just wanted to read the rest of the question out to you. I am dyslexic, so <laughs> give me a moment because sometimes my words get jumbled up. So the rest of the question was, I often find myself thinking, don't see food as bad or negative. That's what makes you feel ugly and hate yourself all the time. Food is just food. But then I also notice I fall into a, yeah, but if I did eat less of all that crap, I would fit into my clothes and feel better about myself. And this is the argument I have with myself. Then I'll even argue more like it shouldn't matter what you look like or if you lose weight counter argument. But it does matter. It matters to me. And that is why I'm no longer confident in my body and so on. I'm journaling more and noticing my relationship with food is so emotionally exhausting to the point that somebody making a small comment on what I eat could make me feel so out of control. So I try to balance and ground my thoughts, but it doesn't always help me to have consistent behavior with eating. In fact, it creates very irregular eating behaviors. And then I just email back saying, I love this question, <laughs> uh, which I do. So to very, very simply answer this question, which was, how have you managed to balance your perspective slash fuck it, uh, uh, attitude towards food without fluctuating in weight and over-exercising? The answer, the simple sentence, if I was to finish this podcast episode right here, would be, you can, I've got three sentences, you can, you can lead a life where you remove dieting rules and still look after your health. You can look after your health whilst improving your relationship with food. You can work towards improving your health whilst removing yourself from diet culture. It's not all or nothing. It's not one or the other. The two intertwine. And I think what's really important is when you are working on your relationship with food, it does not mean 
you say fuck it all the time, every single day. Because, you know, there's a lot of like uh, waffle jargon out there, you know, on social media, on blogs and all these things, which basically say like, oh, if you intuitively eat, you'll get fat. Or if you intuitively eat, you'll end up eating rubbish all the time because you intuitively want to eat rubbish. And I don't believe that's true. I think if we take a step back and look at how do I value myself as a human being and how do I want to look after myself for the rest of my life, I'm probably not going to act out and uh, carry out these behaviors such as eating junk from 9am in the morning till 8pm at night. I'm probably not going to do that if I want to live a long happy, healthy life, right? I'm probably going to want to take care and look look after my body. Now, not everyone, but I'm assuming probably 90% of people listening to this are thinking, yeah, I want to make sure that I live a long, healthy life, you know, bring up children or, you know, if it's not having children, see the world, et cetera, et cetera. I want to make sure that, you know, in 80 years time, I can still touch my toes and I don't have to ask, you know, somebody to do the shopping for me. So there's a part of all of us, I believe, that want to make healthy choices. Um, But anyway, without going off on a tangent, when you decide, right, it is my behavior with food. It's my relationship with food that is setting me back. Every time I try and follow a diet or a calorie deficit, same thing, that is the part that always sets me back. And this is the part that most people struggle with, right? Not everybody. I do work with some clients that don't really have any disordered relationship with food whatsoever. And, you know, they start calorie tracking and that's fine. But they might have other quirks about them, you know? They might do other things that don't serve them that well. But anyway... Most people struggle with the emotional fitness side of things, and it's very common. And this is the toolbox that I talk about. You know, when I talk with one-to-one clients, when I talk with Project Me clients, I say, we need to build your emotional toolbox because ultimately you can try and follow a calorie deficit, but if you're having a really, really bad day and you act out in a way, you know, like self-sabotage or whatever, the calorie deficit only works for so long, like the calories stopping you from eating essentially because you're going to go over calories will only work so long. At some point you will rebel and go, sod it, can't be asked to track that. I'm just going to overeat anyway. And that's where we really need to implement these tools I talk about and I'll come on to that in a second to help you with your relationship with food. So to answer the question, when I worked on my relationship with food, which, by the way, is an ongoing process. And even though it probably takes up 10 percent of my attention now than compared to when I decided to make that kind of you know, journey as such, it was probably 100 percent of my attention, even though it only takes up 10 percent. I still have moments every single day which I have to question my actions, question my thoughts, reframe, catch my thoughts, you know, and call myself out and ask myself things, all the same thing, right? Questions. I I ask myself questions daily. Do I want this? How's that going to turn out? You've done that before, you know, and it's all a case of right now, to me, that noise is very, very uh, quiet versus when I first started on working on my relationship with food it was loud it was yeah it was on the forefront of my mind all the time okay so when you are working towards your restoring your relationship with food 
the first part of it is going to feel loud, aggressive, and uncomfortable. And it is the phase which is, I <laughs> I juggled around with it. I stayed in this, I call it the exploratory phase when you first kind of make this decision that, yeah, I'm gonna work on my relationship with food. Like this is it, it's gonna happen now. You know, yes, I want to lose weight, but I also need to work on my relationship with food. And, you know, whilst I might not be able to lose weight as quick, you know, as doing like a, I don't know, 14 day detox, I will lose weight over time. And we'll come to that in a second. But when you first make that initial choice, everything feels like it's all about food. It's all about your decisions. You're thinking about it all of the time. And that's okay. Just like anything, when we first start a new job, when you first start a new job, you're probably thinking about, shit, what did I say to my boss yesterday that might have pissed him off? Did I send that email okay? You know, um, have I digested all of that information? You're thinking about it constantly all the time because it's new, yeah? After three, four months of being in that job role, you're not thinking about it so much. You log off on your, your emails on a Friday and you can put it to bed. So remember, with everything, there is an exploratory phase and we need to make sure that we create space to allow ourselves to be okay with that. I have clients message me and say, you know, I'm just thinking about this all the time. I'm, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. And I'm like, it's okay. It's normal. And it will pass. I promise you it will pass. And I wouldn't put you in the situation to make you feel uncomfortable if I didn't know that it will get better, you know? So I think in this question, the longer the longer version of the question, it sounds like to me you're kind of still in this exploratory phase, but you're not quite sure yet what to do to keep going to move forward. And what I want to say to this person is, like I said at the beginning with my sentences, my quotes, you can work towards a healthy version of yourself whilst healing your relationship with food. Now, I need to be very clear when I say this. If you have a fat loss goal and you're working on your relationship with food, please note that sometimes when you work on your relationship with food, you might gain some weight at some point. And I'll come on to this in a second of the how, but it doesn't mean that you can't move towards a healthier place at some point with your weight. OK, now I've been working very closely with a couple of clients recently who've come to me from really like chronic years and years and years of dieting. And, you know, we've kind of broken it down and said, listen, I know you're unhappy with your weight. We're going to work on your relationship with food. You might find your weight flutters. You know, it goes up and down over the months. You might find some months it goes up, it comes down the other months. The goal right now is not fat loss. The goal right now is the health that you have, the connection that you have with yourself and fat loss we can address when you feel more comfortable about yourself and your decisions and you feel at ease and, and calm. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't work towards fat loss behaviours whilst we're working towards improving our relationship with food. What do I mean by that? So when you are looking after your health, what do you think you need to do each day to make sure you're a living, healthy, happy human being? 
a bit like watering a plant, we need to make sure we're hydrated, we feed ourselves well, we move. Okay, if you're a plant, you might not move. But you know what I mean? You get some fresh air, you go to bed, you get your rest. There's all of these things that we can keep taking care of. We can exercise three to four times a week to support our long-term health, you know, to make sure our bone density is, is strong. We can continue these habits whilst we do the relationship with food work. And guess what? Once you feel at ease with your relationship with food and things don't feel as sensitive at, at anymore you can make a decision you might not but you can make a decision to turn up turn up the dimmer switch on your fat loss journey and turn it up because actually you get to a point where okay I've got a huge toolbox of tools if I put myself in a calorie deficit I know which tool to use if I find myself acting out in a particular particular behavior let's say for example I decide to put myself in a calorie deficit or I decide to three times a week fast and I don't eat dinner after seven that's how I'm going to control my calorie deficit fine on the days where I might feel hungry I might surf the urge or you know and, and and decide am I actually truly hungry or is it just boredom ah okay it's boredom I can do this I might relate things back to my um, hunger and fullness scale. When I'm dieting, I know that I might need to sit with a bit more hunger. I'm okay with that because this is not forever. So it's about having, coming to a place where you no longer feel triggered. And for some people that might take a couple of weeks. For other people that might take months and years. But like I said, just because you're working through your relationship with food and you're doing some things to build your toolbox, which, like I said, we will come on to in a second, you can still support your health. And that is how I've kept the balance, because I have had standards. I've created standards for myself or if you want to call them non-negotiables, because I know as a living human being that I want to live a long, happy, healthy life. I want to be able to go and you know, walk the Great Wall of China when I'm 60. I would love to go and do, I was going to say Mount Everest. I don't actually want to do Mount Everest. <laughs> um, just because like the death rates, I'm, no, I'm not, not down for that. But like, you know, I want to be able to do things as I grow with age. You know, I want to still be doing handstands when I'm 50. And I know I can't do those things unless I take care of my health. So whilst I might overeat because I'm working on my relationship with food and exploring a trigger food I can still walk 10,000 steps a day I can still show up to three strength workouts a week I can still put boundaries on my phone to make sure I sleep well so the the answer to the question is create your standards create not curate pretty much the same word but anyway and live up to them and show up to them because the more and more you listen to the chitter chatter, the restrict voice, voice, the rebel voice, the more and more that's going to set you back and lead to disordered or unhelpful behaviours around all of the you know, standards or non-negotiables that you might set for yourself. For example, oh, I've overeaten, fuck it, can't do this, I may as well not bother going to the gym, I may as well not bother going to... Uh, going out for a walk because I am hopeless because I can't do this because I'm a failure because you know all of these self-fulfilling prophecies no I think right what would my future self do my future self would show up 
go for a walk and just make peace with herself and give herself permission to move on because it's okay we all make mistakes and it's a really adopting a compassionate mindset okay so really adopting that okay I just had a blip here I acted out I didn't mean to do that I don't know why I did that maybe I can go and explore that thought but tomorrow I can show up for myself by eating a healthy nutritious breakfast hitting my five a day and making sure that, you know, I drink plenty of water and get some fresh air. It's okay. I've got my standards. Now there's a fine line between it's okay. I've got my healthy standards that I show up to each day versus it's okay. I can burn it off tomorrow. Yeah. And when, and that, and that was me. Okay. So for this person listening to this, all of you listening to this, but this person who asked this question, my triggers might be very different to yours. I'll talk you through mine and then I'll try and give examples of others. So when we work through our exploratory phase of going, right, I'm all in, I'm going to work on my relationship with food. This is it. It's, it's happening. I'm, I'm changing. I'm going for it. We need to think about what triggers us and how that sounds so for me it's more of a restrictive mindset so I might for example act out I might overeat on some chocolate and my restrictive mindset goes it's okay because you can burn it off tomorrow which then means that I validated that behavior because it's okay I can burn it off tomorrow so when that happens again I overeat on chocolate. It's okay because I validated like validated it last time with overexercising. So that pattern then repeats. So how do we break that pattern? We take away the restrictive voice. We go, okay, I've heard you a million times before. I know that when I've listened to you before, you've not served me well because I've just repeated that behavior. So what I'm going to do is not listen to you. We'll just accept you're there. Okay, I notice your thoughts. Oh, it's all right. You can burn it off tomorrow. But actually, what would my future self do? What would my true self, what would my, my true self voice say to me? Right, you've overrated on, on chocolate. You've done this countless times. Why? What's happening? I feel a bit anxious. You know, I've had a very, very busy day. I don't feel relaxed in the evening. I can feel my heart rate pulsing. You know, I might spend a bit of time doing a bit of a body scan, breathing. And this is going on whilst I'm watching TV, right? This doesn't have to be, I separate myself from the situation. All of this chitter chatter is going on whilst I'm watching TV, perhaps after I've eaten the chocolate. I'm going, right, I can feel my heart is racing. I can feel that I feel quite tight in my shoulders and in my jaw. I can feel that I don't feel at ease. I feel a bit uneasy and I feel a bit anxious. And I've just reached for that chocolate because it's just given me a little bit of a moment to ground myself, a little bit of freedom, a little bit of a comfort blanket. So what could I put in place there? And this again is going on just while I'm watching TV. Okay, so you've overeaten because you feel anxious. You feel a bit worried about things. You haven't spent time relaxing this evening. Let's backtrack a bit what happened this evening. Okay, you finished work. You took the dog for a walk. You made dinner. You spent some time doing some more work. You tried to sit down for five minutes. Your grandma called you. Da, 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 da. You've not had a very relaxing evening. Therefore, you've tried to sit down to watch TV, to chill out in the evening, and all of this noise is going on in the background. 
Did you spend any time grounding yourself this evening, Angie? No. Okay, what could you do in this situation next time? When I feel this anxious next time, and I feel this het up and stress about things, I know that, and this will only happen when you explore this, okay? I'm not giving you an answer here because this is going to be different for everyone, but I know that I feel less anxious when I voice how I feel. Brad, I feel really anxious. I've just overeaten on chocolate. I didn't mean to. Uh, and he's like, well, what's happened today? And I go through it. Da, 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 da. And he's like, well, why did you work overtime? You didn't need to do that. Or why didn't you just not pick up the phone this time or ring her back, you know? And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I voiced it. I have got it out. And then it's like, well, what else could I have done? Maybe I couldn't, or maybe I should have put some boundaries in place and not worked, you know, after I'd cooked dinner. Maybe I should put some boundaries in place and just turn my phone off. Okay, so we remind ourselves, it's about boundaries, fine. Okay, the next day comes, gets to the evening, and I'm like, aha, this is where it all went wrong yesterday. I remember now, I'm going to make sure I close my laptop. I'm going to turn my phone off. Yeah, I turned my phone off last night from seven o'clock because I was like, it's triggering me. I know I'm not going to be able to relax this evening. Turn it off, switch it back on at nine. And guess what? <laughs> Nothing had happened. The world had not exploded. So it's just about applying curiosity. These triggers, these things, these fuck it moments will happen. But what can we do about them? Can we act out on them? Oh, for God's sake, you did it again. Da, 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 da. Or can we go, okay, I remember this last time. We've been here before. What can I do next time? And this takes time. Like I have conversations with clients all the time. And they're like, oh, so I've been doing that for two weeks and I'm still doing it. I'm like, yeah, okay, keep going. <laughs> it's going to take time. Or perhaps maybe the way that you're trying to soothe yourself after, maybe the way that you're trying to talk to yourself after isn't working for you. Maybe you need to go and journal. Maybe you need to go and take yourself outside of the room and do some breath work. Maybe you need to explore your own pathway, yeah? So let's just go back a little bit. So my restrictive mindset caused me a lot of issues with my relationship with food, right? So if I, for example, used to buy cereal or Nutella or anything in like a big quantity that I could overeat on and I had, had it in the house, I would overeat on it because as a younger child, we didn't really have those things, or as a younger child, at certain points, I was allowed these things and I felt loved when I was given these things. So I used to overeat on them because I was like, oh, my family loves me. They've given me loads of chocolate. This is amazing. Let's go for it. Right. All of these things, these past behaviors or whatever, they matter, but they don't shape us. So whilst you might have done stuff as a kid, please know that that behavior does not define you and you can change it, okay? So, okay, I used to overeat as a kid because of X, fine. What can I do about it now? A lot of people come to me and go, I just don't know why I do it. I don't care. Like, it doesn't really matter if you can remember back to when you were 11 years old and someone picked on you for picking your nose and you ate some wine gums and now you're addicted to wine gums and you couldn't remember that at all. You know, I don't care. It's, it's fine. What matters now is moving forwards. So where was I going with that? Uh, <laughs> one second. Um, anyway, yeah, let's just carry on. It doesn't matter why you do the things. What matters is we put tools in place. So 
from years of not feeling loved as a child and being given food occasionally and then feeling loved and acting out in a certain way, that's when those kind of restrictive behaviours became apparent because if I overate, I felt sick, I'd gain weight, I'd restrict, da da da, and then it, the cycle would, would continue. So when I used to binge or overeat, my resolution, resolution, don't know if that's the right word, but I would always solve it by going out for a run the next day or not eating breakfast or you know, starving myself until seven o'clock and allowing myself one meal. I would always, always focus on the restrictive voice. It's okay. Like at first it would be like, oh my God, you're disgusting. How did you do this? Why are you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. Guilt, shame, all of it. Then it would be like, right, action plan. You're going to burn it off tomorrow. It's going to be okay. Or you're just not going to eat chocolate for the next two months, whatever. So my initial thoughts were, right, I've got this triggering voice going on. It's all about restriction. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to challenge that restriction voice by bringing all the things in that trigger me and I'm going to allow myself to overeat on them. Because if I keep overeating on them and not listening to that restrict voice, surely that's going to unwire that, that behavior. Surely that's going to trick that voice into go, oh, she's not doing that thing anymore. She's not actually solving her issues by restricting herself anymore so what else can she do about it so this is not about the fact this is not about like you know going fuck it every day like it's just about okay cereal triggers me if I have a bowl of cereal I want to eat more so I'm going to buy some cereal I'm going to bring it in I'm going to eat a bowl mindfully peacefully I'm going to actually go into eating that bowl of cereal in a safe zone what do I mean mean by that a safe zone is where we do not feel hungry and we do not feel full all right so I would always say to a client and I've done this with plenty of clients if you uh if you are bringing a trigger food in I want you to eat that trigger food after your main meal let's say it was bakery cookies right after your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you have the option to eat a bakery cookie, okay? Okay, so you might not have it at breakfast because you don't, no, that doesn't really make sense, but you might have it at lunch and then you might have it for dinner. And how did that go for you? What was that experience like? Well, didn't really want it at the time, but it was delicious, it was lovely, fine, okay. Bringing trigger foods in and having them after a meal where you're satisfied allows you to listen to your true self voice because you're not acting out, because you're not reacting to feeling starving, hungry, or being super stressed. So now you get to practice how you would, um, yeah, act out the, that behavior with a cookie when you're not triggered. So it's really, really important. And I've written loads of notes here, but I keep going off on different tangents. But when you are working on your relationship with food, you are also nourishing your body. And this is one thing that I had to do from a restrictive mindset of eating less and less all the time, tracking my calories, that kind of thing. I had to start eating three regular meals a day. I didn't have to, I chose to. Three regular meals a day, three snacks every three hours. And this is called the healing threes, okay? Um, it's 
off a uh, psychologist, I think, that um, I, I sort of follow and I followed her work from a long time, a therapist, and she names it the healing threes. You can call it whatever you want, but it just makes sense. So basically you're having three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, a snack in between those meals, and you're eating every three hours. So if you get up at seven, you have your breakfast at seven. You're going to have your breakfast, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> you're going to have your snack at 10. Then you're going to have your lunch at one. Then you're going to have your snack at four. Then you're going to have your dinner at seven. Then you're going to have a snack, at, you know, either straight after or later on. So you're eating really, really regularly. What does this do? It creates a safe space for us. It creates a calm environment for our body so that we then don't feel at a point where we're like, Oh, I'm raging hungry and feeling triggered. Now, it's really important here because I kind of meant um, in this question, she sort of put at the end, um, I try to balance and ground my thoughts, but it doesn't always help me have consistent behavior with eating. In fact, it creates irregular eating behaviors. So for me, that demonstrates that this particular client has not worked on eating regular meals for long enough and what I mean by that is when you act out so even when you're doing right I'm going to follow Angie's balanced food approach like she puts in project me I'm going to have my three meals a day I'm going to have my three snacks one of those snacks turns into a trigger right one of those snacks turns into a restrictive mindset or you know you act out and you go oh my god that snack was supposed to be an apple and a chocolate bar but actually I ate six chocolate bars and a cookie, and a packet of crisps. Fuck, what am I going to do? Oh, God, now I can't do it. Da, da, da. We listen to that restrictive and that, that chatter. No, we stop. We think, right, I had that snack. It was not a choice that served me. Why did I do that? Because well, I was tired. Da, 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 da. What can I do next? Can I restrict or can I listen to my true self? What would my true self do? My true self would go, right, you had that snack. Yes, you did overeat. That is probably going to impact how you feel at dinner. You're probably not going to feel that hungry. But in you know healing my relationship with food, I know that I need to eat regular meals. I need to eat regular snacks. So even though I messed up this time and I'm probably way over my calories today, I'm going to eat dinner. And I might just serve myself a small portion just because I know I won't feel that hungry because I'm full of chocolate, et cetera, et cetera. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to change this pattern and this behavior and I'm going to eat dinner. I'm going to see how I feel after eat dinner. So you've had that chocolate binge. You go, you leave it for a couple of hours. You leave your three hours. You then go to have dinner. You have dinner and you're like, OK, I didn't eat that much because I wasn't that hungry. But fine. Today is today. I'll learn from that chocolate mistake that happened you wake up the next day you carry on as normal the most important thing here is even though you have these reactive you know acting out behaviors and I'm holding my palm up to a screen that if you're listening to a podcast you're not going to be able to see but even if you have these reactive behaviors and patterns throughout your day you must return to a regular eating pattern why? Because it's safe there. And this is where clients will say, but I'm gaining weight now. Yeah, because you're doing the work, because you're now undoing years of listening to that restriction voice. 
You're no longer listening to that restricting voice. In fact, actually, you know, we're going against that restricting voice and we are choosing to eat. We're choosing not to use exercise. And I'll come on to exercise in a minute, but we're choosing not to use exercise to fix our issues, right? We're now just carrying on as normal. And guess what happens? The more and more you just return to normal and you don't feed that restrictive voice and you say, actually, I don't need to restrict anything. I can wake up tomorrow, fuel and nourish my body, have a lovely breakfast that's full of, you know, making sure it's a balanced plate. So it's protein, fats, carbs, really fueling myself up. The more safe I feel and the less I act out because I now feel restored. I'm not treating myself like a piece of shit essentially now let's just go back to exercise because this client was asking about how do you um <clears throat> like get a balance with your exercise so basically like if you have overeaten how do you not overexercise to counteract that well i think i've explained quite a lot of it there but if you are somebody who gets triggered by exercise and exercise is a means to weigh as a means to burn calories then you need to actually do the work with exercise as well and this is something that I had to do so all of these things like I would say this probably took me a good six months of exploring a different area one week I'd be like hmm that's triggered me I'm acting why am I acting out like that why am I doing that oh it's my Fitbit let's take the Fitbit off Oh, I, you know, I, I, I feel really stressed. I feel like I need to go to the gym because I ate too much chocolate yesterday. Let's take today as a rest day. It's about playing devil's advocate, right? It's about challenging that belief, challenging that thought and be like, you're telling me to do this, but I'm going to do the opposite. And no, I'm not going to go to the gym and strength train, but actually I might just go and walk, you know, but not walk because I need to burn off the calories, I'm just going to change that pathway. Think about, you know, all of your neural pathways in your brain. If we keep repeating that pathway, get stronger and stronger and stronger. But if we challenge it and branch off, your brain's like, oh, this is new. Oh, I wonder, I wonder what this feels like, right? So it's about challenging the thought patterns. So, for example, I used to, uh, I'm going to come on to body image in a minute. God, I feel like this is going to be a long episode. Um, but I used to, uh, let's say I would, I would have a day where I was a bit more sedentary, hadn't done my 10,000 steps. And, um, I knew I had eaten my three meals and my three snacks that day and I hadn't hit my steps. I'd be like, Oh God, I need to make sure that I do something now. And, you know, at eight o'clock at night, I'd go out for a walk, uh, like, okay, that's fine if that was coming from a helpful thought pattern, but it wasn't. It was coming from a, if I don't go for a walk, I'm going to gain fat. So I would take my watch off and I'd be like, okay, let's challenge this. Let's see if I actually gain fat. And it's not about checking in the mirror the next morning and being like, right, did I gain fat today? It's about waking up and be like, okay, the world did not explode. I'm okay. I might've only done 7,000 steps yesterday. It's okay. And, and building on that. Um, what else? Like, you know, going out for a big meal. 
And the next day waking up and thinking, shit, I probably need to burn some of that off. Okay, let's challenge that. Let's not go and burn it off. Or let's just go into the gym and do all, you know, a yoga session and do an exercise because it makes you feel good. What does that look like versus burning it off? And you might find that you approach the gym session differently. You know, prior to that, you might have been like, right, I'm not going to have rest periods because I need to burn more calories. Right. You know, I'm going to go super, super heavy, even though this week is a deload week. What does that look like if you go into the gym and you're just going to the gym to feel good? Or because it's one of your non-negotiables, it's one of your standards that you set for the week. It just looks like a normal workout. It looks like, you know, going going at things at a steady pace, taking your time, checking your form, you know? So it's really about calling yourself out, watching this in a narrative. Are you listening to your restrict voice or are you listening to your true self voice and calling yourself out on it? And every time that that restrict voice comes up, you challenge it. You try and go the exact opposite way. However, like I said before, if, you're noticing that calling it out and listening to your true self is causing you to gain a lot of weight because you've let your standards go on top of that, then we need to look at, okay, health, like health is in the center. How can we make sure we meet these middle health targets, these standards, these, I'm going to make sure I walk every day, at least, you know, once I'm going to make sure I go to the, uh, I, I exercise three times a week, because that means, you know, it will help me when I go through the menopause. I'm going to make sure that I drink lots of water because it's good for me. It's good for my digestion. I'm going to make sure I eat my five fruit and veg a day. If your true self voice is moving you further and further away from those things, we have to put the health markers in. We have to ask ourselves, yes, okay, my true self is telling me to be lazy as hell and eat all the chocolate today. But where does the health come into that? Is that showing up as your healthy, true self? No, no, it's not. And it's really understanding that that health marker is not your restrict voice. It's about showing up, having a standard of being like, I want to be a living, healthy human being for the rest of my life. Don't want to end up, you know, going to the hospital every single week because I've got health issues. I want to make sure that I prevent that. So I'm going to make sure I do show up to a walk. But, you know, if I don't hit 10,000 steps a day, something is better than nothing. If I don't go to the gym, but I do some yoga, something is better than nothing. So it's about giving yourself permission to do these, you know, targets that you might set yourself, walk every day, exercise three times a week, hit my fruit and veg. And all this is all stuff that we do in Project Me, right? You know, but giving yourself a bit of flexibility, i.e., okay, today I'm going to make sure that I eat my three palmfuls of protein, but I end up having, I don't know, chickpeas instead of chicken for my protein serving. I would normally go for chicken, but today, you know, okay, the flexibility is there, I'll, I'll, I'll have the protein. Or it might even look like I'm going to have McDonald's like that. That's my choice today. My choice is I'm going to allow myself to have a bit of flexibility. Really, this is all I can do right now. Just grab a McDonald's and that's okay. My protein is going to come from chicken nuggets might not be the best source of protein, but it's still a source of protein instead of just ordering, I don't know, chips, mozzarella dippers and a mug flurry. Right. So it's about thinking about how can I make the best decision in the 
uh, environment and situation I'm in. Um, so do know that these standards that you set yourself might slip from time to time, especially if you've got a lot of stress on, you know, a lot of work, et cetera, et cetera. But just because they slip doesn't mean that we're failures. It just means, okay, last week I only managed two workouts because work was so busy, life was so busy, I had loads of social events, da, 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 da. This week I'll make sure I do three. And it's just about knowing that you've got these standards, you show up to these standards, all these non-negotiables, whatever you want to call them, and you just do the best you can. Okay, last week I only hit 70K steps for the week and I usually hit 80 okay, that's fine. I'll just try a bit, a bit more this week or 70. Okay. Was all I could do last week. And I know I've got the same week coming up. We're just going to hit 70. Okay. It's <laughs> what we need to move away from is, oh, I only hit 70 K. I didn't hit 80 K. Oh, for God's sake. Now I need to eat less. Now I need to go for a run every day. Now I I'm a failure. So I'm just going to take my Fitbit off and not, go, and not ever go for a walk again. You know, it's 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 really calling yourself out on those behaviors. Um, another thing that was a huge trigger for me, and I'm just backtracking a little bit here is uh, body checking behaviors. So what I would do. Ha, I'm being so honest here. Um, what I would do is I would go into the, the kitchen and in our old house, we used to have a mirror at the end of the kitchen. Why? I don't know. Don't put a mirror in your kitchen. It's a very bad idea. It wasn't me who put it in there. And I would lift up my top, look at my stomach and go, oh, I can't have, a, have any chocolate. I'm not lean enough yet. Wow. <laughs> that was like, that is a huge, like, red flags going on like I would check my body before I'd eat anything do I deserve to eat this no you're not lean enough yet so call yourself out on your body checking behaviors I now I will look at my body but from a neutral perspective and obviously I'm pregnant at the moment so like you know that's important too because I kind of have to my body's changing every single week so if I judge it there's one not a hell of a lot of a lot of stuff that I can do about it and two like it's an amazing amazing journey to be on but like even when I wasn't pregnant I'd look at myself and be like this is my body and I'm okay and I'm happy and I'm healthy in my body and I know you might be sitting there listening to this or walking along to this thinking yeah it's okay for you Angie because you're slim just because I'm slim doesn't mean that I don't have body issues you know body image issues everybody has their things right and I can completely appreciate and I have to be very careful when I say this, but if you're in a bigger body, it's very easier to look at people who are slimmer than you and think, yeah, but it's all right for you because actually you're slim. Doesn't negate from the fact that we all have our own issues, right? We all have things going on up here. So anyway, one little practice that I put in is how many times a day do you body check? Or you, And this would be a case of, and I did this with a client quite recently, actually, going onto your phone and every single time you check your body, i.e. you're sat down, you might feel your hips, you might tug at your stomach, you might tug at your arms. That's a body check. We, we, we log it. That's a tally of one. Okay, we go to a mirror, we walk past a mirror, we, we notice our arm, we pull our arm or we just look at it and we judge it. That's another body check. So we need to make sure that these body checking behaviors, there might be another word for it, but I'm just going to go with body check, aren't a cause of a trigger and really working on, you know, working on your body image. And this is, that's a, probably a whole nother podcast episode that I'll have to go into. 
but just calling yourself out on that behavior because essentially me body checking was the court causing restrictive behaviors right I'd body check I wouldn't eat the chocolate guess what two hours later I'd be in the cupboard eating the chocolate I'd rebel against it right so okay I'm not going to body check anymore that's just not happening just don't do it that's it it's not happening now my decisions are based on my true self voice do I want the chocolate or do I not actually no I'm not hungry or actually I do want the chocolate but I don't want it right now I want to save it for some time that I'm really going to enjoy it if I stand in the kitchen and eat it and scoff it down don't enjoy it it's gone and now I'm gutted and now I'm going to have to buy another bar of chocolate at at some point to actually enjoy right okay wow this is going to be a long episode because I to be fair I've covered most of this I have um, made notes um okay let's move on to the next kind of section and I have mentioned this with what I've been saying but if you have fat to lose right and you're working on your relationship with food these standards that you create for yourself the non-negotiables that you create for yourself will help to support that fat loss when the time is right for you to take yourself in a fat loss phase i.e when you come to a phase where you feel that you are calm, you're present, you're connected, and you don't feel that triggered by food, by social events, by stress, etc. You have your toolbox and you've been practicing it. So when it actually comes, this is the, the thing that I see happen kind of in the fitness world is people work on their relationship with food. They don't set themselves standards that this is my healthy standards right and again you need to do the work it's healthy standards it's not restriction it's not over exercising yeah you show up to do these things because you care about your health you value yourself as a human being you value your health because I assure you one day if your health is ever taken away from you you will value the fact Mm, what am I trying to say you will be unhappy with the fact that you can't do those things anymore, right? And you will wish, God, why didn't I just strength train three times a week? Why didn't I just go out for a walk? You know, I'm gutted I now can't do those things because that has now been taken away from me. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent again. But the standards we put in place that we show up to that might not always hit our target, you might not always hit three strength sessions a week, but you might hit one long hilly walk one yoga session and one swim, guess what? That's three ways that we've moved our body in a week. You might hit those three things. And that's what keeps momentum going. That's what, you know, continues to help us show up. And guess what? When we get to that point where we feel more calm, at ease, more present, and we're ready to move into a fat loss phase because it's a choice, you then just pick up those behaviors. You pick up your standards and you're like, okay, well, I've been getting three workouts a week and I've been doing what I fancy on those three workouts a week. But now I'm dialing into fat loss. I know that I will get better results if I strength train because it will tone and shape my body. So it's about turning, you know, switching the dial, turning the dial, whatever you want to call it, you know, and things like fruit and veg, you know, oh, I over the past six months, the majority of the time, you know, Monday to Sunday, I've probably eaten three or four vegetables and and fruit a day, right? I've hit three to four. Now I feel more calm, connected, present. I don't feel like I have a bad relationship with food. I know that if I eat five to six fruit and veg a day, that'll massively help with my fat loss. So I'm going to do that. So 
can you see how having these standards, having these non-negotiables in place, these, these are the healthy things that I show up to, but I have flexibility there, you know, whilst I might want to hit five a day, fruit and veg a day, some days I might only hit three and that's okay. I've shown up. I've, I've gone, you know, I've, I've given 60% instead of 100% and that's okay. And tomorrow I'll try again, you know, I'll try and get five. Food. It's about keeping momentum up. And when you act out and when you skip a workout because you can't be bothered, you don't, you know, tell yourself, oh my God, you're a failure. You don't listen to that rebellious voice, that restrictive voice that tells you you're shit, blah, blah, blah. You listen to your true self voice and goes, okay, Angie, you didn't do that workout. And now you're going to, you know, not hit your three workouts a week unless you do one tomorrow. And I know you didn't really want to do one tomorrow, but can you just do something? Yeah, okay, I can get upstairs in my attic and I can do 20 minutes of workout. Is it perfect? No. Is it moving my body? Yes. Does it help me to show up to my healthy standards per week? Yes. And that is how I live my life. Like last night, I was meant to go to the gym in the middle of the day. I got let down by somebody, which was a bit frustrating for me in the day. I was meant to do a podcast with somebody. They let me down. And I planned my whole day around this podcast was going to happen then. I was going to get off to the gym. And guess what? Because that podcast didn't happen, I then labeled about 100 excuses of other things that I could do (laughs) in that time. And then before I knew it it was four o'clock and I was like, oh, I'm not going to the gym now because I don't like going to the gym in the evening and then before I knew it it was six o'clock and I was like right if I don't show up today I'm gonna miss out on my opportunity to show up to my healthy standards so what can I do about it can I not show up and be annoyed at myself and then you know then that's where maybe those restrictive habits and and thought patterns might sneak into place or can I show up and be like actually grow the fuck up Angie get in your shed just go and move your body because you're a healthy fit individual make the you know make use of the time you have it's six o'clock now you've got like three and a half hours before you go to bed you've got dinner to do like you've got time go and do something something is better than nothing does it achieve fat loss no but does it move my body and help to keep up momentum yes so I hope this this is more this is helpful I hope this is what you kind of wanted to hear there are like hundreds of things, other things that I want to cover, but like, I don't want to make this super, super long, but I just want you to know that all of this stuff takes time. And like the fact that this person is journaling her thoughts is incredible. If you're somebody trying to work on your relationship with food, make sure you are journaling. If not daily, every other day, if something crops up and you've reacted, you've acted out, get your pen and paper out at some point question it what happened before it what thoughts were going on how were you feeling what could you do next time without restriction what can you do you know tomorrow later on I can just carry on as normal what might doing that look like that might look like going out for dinner that might look like having a healthy breakfast that might look like going out for a walk in the morning whatever change your behavior and challenge the restriction restriction voice do the opposite and don't be scared I think that's one of the things we don't trust ourselves enough and we feel scared to do the opposite because we think the opposite just means fat loss now whilst I say this you know whilst I repeat this again at some point if you're on your relationship with food journey you might gain fat 
because you are acting out and you're allowing yourself to, but it's a temporary phase. And at the end of the day, if in three months time, you're two stone heavier, you know what to do about it. You know how to follow a calorie deficit. You know how to lose weight. You've been doing that your whole life. So you can just return to that if you want to, but hopefully after two months, you've actually gained so many tools in your toolbox that actually when you return to fat loss, when you go to turn the dimmer switch right up to bright, you've got these new tools in place that actually you can use so that if you do have a hungry moment or if you do have a stressful moment where you feel mentally challenged and usually you would go and eat, you go, well, actually, I've just spent two months of allowing myself to eat and then realizing it didn't actually fix the issue. And I found breathwork helped. So now when I hit that, you know, point in my stressful life when I'm dieting, I know that reaching for food doesn't cure that. Breathwork does. So I now know I can do that. All right. So I hope that kind of makes sense. I'm just going to flick through my notes to see if I have missed anything. Um, sorry, this is probably very boring for you. Okay. Other little tips. I'm going to finish on this because I don't, again, I don't want to make it too long. Um, <clears throat> when you're working on your relationship with food, it is encouraged that you eat what you fancy, right? Now, when you look at your healing threes, when you look at the balanced food approach that I talk about in Project Me, and you know, if you're working with me one-to-one, -one, we're eating three meals a day, we're eating three snacks a day, we're focusing on a balanced plate of food, so your proteins, your carbs, your fats, and fruit veggies because they support your health right because health is important so when we start introducing okay well actually you do have the flexibility to eat what you fancy this is where the kind of the balance comes into place now for example the other day I really fancied a croissant I didn't like croissants before I got pregnant <laughs> now I suddenly do I don't know why but I really fancied a croissant for breakfast and I was like okay I know thinking back I know if I have a croissant just a croissant for breakfast does not fill me up it's not balanced it's essentially a fat and a carb in a really high calorie form not super high calorie but it has no satiety like it does not fill me up so what can I do to make sure that I have what I fancy because that's what I fancy today just fancy a croissant but I also make sure that I look after my hunger my health and you know nourishing myself I could have that croissant with a bowl of yogurt with a bit of protein powder mixed in because that's going to help me hit my protein for the day and also it's going to help me to feel full and I could have that bowl of yogurt with some strawberries because that's part of my five a day so I've had the croissant I've had the yogurt I've had the strawberries had a bit of jam and butter on the side and guess what I felt full so whilst you can have things that you fancy make sure that when you're doing that it's not all of the time in solo <laughs> is that the right word in isolation there we go like if you're having a cake for a snack like you go out for a coffee or whatever you've had your breakfast you've had your snack you've had your lunch and then you go out to have your snack and that's a slice of cake that might be a one-off occasion in isolation that you just have 
a slice of cake and that's it and you don't really have like fruit and veg etc with it then you might get home and you'd be like do you know what I'm actually not that hungry so that is where sorry I am actually really hungry like that cake did not fill me up that is where I go well what can I quickly do here to fill me up what can I do to nourish my body to fuel my body I know fruit and vegetables really fill me up I'm going to have an apple right okay yes that's taking me over my snack target I'm just going to have that apple because that's going to prevent anything happening later on in the evening i.e I get to dinner I overeat I then think fuck it I've had cake I've overeaten you know and then I act out what I do now is I make sure that I check in with myself and I'm like okay I may have had that chocolate bar I may have had that cake I may have had that packet of crisps as my snack didn't fill me up what can I do to prevent anything happening later on in the day I know I can make sure I fuel and my nourish and nourish my body so I'm going to have an apple I'm going to have a yogurt and I do that quite frequently not all the time but I know for example I know that if I haven't fueled myself properly. Maybe I've gone out for breakfast. Maybe I've gone out for lunch, whatever. Maybe I've had food at somebody else's house and they provided me with a sandwich and they don't have salad. I know that I'm like, okay, I've had that sandwich. I know when I get home, I'm still going to be hungry. So what I'm going to do, just going to throw together some cucumber, some apple, some carrots and have a baby belt with it. Is that two separate meals essentially? Yes, but I would normally have that together. So even though those meals were broken up, that's my balanced food, all right? That's my balanced food plate. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that I balance it out and balance out my hunger and my satiety by having that kind of second meal just a little bit later. And and it becomes all one big big meal because essentially I would have had a sandwich with salad, right? So that's something that I that I've really learned really, really supports me with chaotic eating behaviors. Because if I just have a sandwich at one o'clock and then I'm like, oh, I've got to wait all the way till like four o'clock now to eat, I'm bloody starving. So I would just break it up and I'd be like, right, okay, I'll have a salad. And then, yeah, that might look like grazing, but essentially you're just supporting your health. You're just supporting your, your nutrition. So it doesn't matter for just one day. Um, I also use the quote, or just tell myself, just eat something when I'm in a scenario where I have no choice or I have limited choice. For example, one thing I used to do would be if I was out, I don't know, in town, let's say I was in super drug or something like that, and I was starving hungry and I couldn't find the thing that I needed, i.e. a protein bar, or I couldn't find, yeah, I couldn't find a protein bar. Instead of being like, right, well, I can't find a protein bar, so I'm not going to eat anything. I'll just wait until I get home. If I do that, the collateral damage is I get home, I'm starving, I want to eat everything, I eat everything, right? So what do we do? We just eat something. Make do with what you've got. I had a client recently check in, actually. So she went to this event and um, she was like, I wasn't sure what the food was going to be. So I didn't eat breakfast because I thought, oh, the food might be really high in calories. Then when I got there, I just pigged out all day. And I was like, what would you do differently? I would have had breakfast. I would have put myself in a safe zone. So sometimes even though you don't know what you're going to eat, I do this all the time. You know, I know I'm going out for dinner later. We're going to somewhere that is super high in calories. Now it's on the menu. It's like, oh, my God. Um, It's like an American diner place. And I am not going to reduce my calories at all today because obviously, yes, I'm pregnant, whatever, but put that aside because 
I know if I go into that scenario where I've got that type of food, I will overeat. Whereas if I eat a normal day and then go and go to that, you know, um, environment, I, I will eat mindfully. I will feel safe. I will have more power over my choices. You know, I'm still going to have what I want this evening, but I know if I go not starving hungry and I go satiated and safe, I know actually I trust myself so much more and I know that I'll be able to put my knife and fork down and I know I'll be able to stop if I'm full rather than just inhaling it all. So just eat something prevents binges and even if it's not the perfect thing, i.e. this morning, it actually happened to me. This morning I got up, I was a little bit hungry. We took the dog for, a, we had to take the dog for a walk. And I was like, if I don't have a slice of toast now, I know when I get back from the dog walk, I'll want to inhale everything. Or it might just set into a bit of a spiral of overeating for the day. So I had a slice of toast. Did, did it hit my five a day? No. Was it a balanced food? Uh, like a p- balanced plate of food? No. But did it just it, it provide me with the thing that I needed at the time, which was something to tie me over. Yes. So sometimes just eating something is what you need to hear. Not everybody, but this might be helpful. But that doesn't mean give yourself permission all the time. Just eat that. Just eat that. This means this is going to tie me over to prevent that from happening. And I think sometimes giving yourself permission to be like, it's OK, there's no protein bar. I'll just have a Fruisley bar instead or a chocolate bar instead, because at the moment I just need a bit of energy fine just eat something move on get home you're not as hungry right um and then finally remember one choice won't fuck up your day just like this morning I had a slice of toast I had a slice of toast and then I got back from the dog walk and I was like right I had a slice of toast I haven't hit my five a day I haven't had any protein so I just had a bowl of yogurt with some protein powder some frozen berries and a banana Okay, so I split my breakfast in half. That's a balanced plate of food. So one choice does not have to fuck up the rest of your day. Um, yeah, and I put stop trying to get get it perfect. So I've pretty much mentioned that. Like your your options are not always going to be perfect. You might want to have brown rice because it's a starchy carbohydrate with your with your dinner and you know it's going to fill you up and last you a few hours but actually all you've got in is couscous just go with it like it's still a carbohydrate option anyway I hope that was helpful I feel like there are so many more things that I could say um like talking about surfing the urge etc but I might just do another podcast episode about like toolboxes like these are the things that you can put in your toolbox like surf the urge um put on a pause in place etc but I hope that explains and answers your question that is how I manage my balance I show up I have standards but they're not restrictive standards they don't come from a place of restriction they come from a place of me valuing my health and me having standards like I have high standards about myself and my health because I want to live a happy healthy life but it's not from a place of aggression and being really you know hard on myself it's about coming from a place of I value my health and I don't always get it right but I'll keep showing up and keep valuing myself you know even if I do have a binge even if Brad has bought some chocolate and I've picked on them all evening you know it happens I still do it sometimes I still do it you know he might buy a bag or I might send him to the shop and be like go buy some me buy some kettle kettle chips or whatever and I snack on them and I'm like I don't really need to do that 
guess what? I don't wake up the next morning and go and run 10,000 miles to burn it off. Just get up and I'm like, okay, did that behavior. I know it doesn't serve me. Carry on as normal today. I'm going to get out for my walk. I'm just going to keep showing up. It's fine. We move on. So anyway, I'm going to stop that there. I hope that was helpful. Please let me know. Um, I really love your feedback to these podcasts. And if this was a helpful podcast to you, then let me know. Because otherwise, sometimes I'm a bit like, do people care? (laughs) Do people like it? Um, And if anybody needs any help like this, please reach out. I have the next Project Me group running on the 11th of July. um, And it would be great for you to start on because it's just eight weeks of learning all of these tools and really kind of combining your standards and getting these things into place. Anyway, have a great day, everyone, and speak soon.